748 on the Crosstalk on WICM. Let's work the uh, topic of conversation in reverse so we uh, maybe end up covering a couple of other things. Our guest, uh, Rick Manning, president of Americans for Limited Government. Good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. My pleasure, Mike. How are you? I am well. Senate trial in a minute. Let's talk a little about the Democrat candidates, uh, the last of the presidential debates earlier this week. Uh, We had a people poll question asking our listeners, if you had to vote Democrat, who would you vote for? Amy Klobuchar was the winner by, uh, by double digits. She seems, according to our listeners, to be the least outrageous of the uh, the uh, top six candidates at the moment what do you hear well yeah she seems to be the only one who's got some some kind of touch in reality but you know you need to remember amy klobuchar also um sat on the judiciary committee that and watched what happened um to justice kavanaugh and didn't stand up and say anything about it she went along so you get right down to it. A lot of this is um, posturing and putting yourself in a position, and she's differentiating herself from the crazies by being a little less crazy. Don't most voters understand that uh, that every politician is represents a certain amount of go along to get along. Some more than others, but uh, the fact that uh, there are some Democrats who would sit idly while other Democrats are doing something crazy doesn't really surprise me very much. Well, Tulsi Gabbard, as an example, is somebody who said, wait a second, I can't vote for impeachment. There's not an impeachable offense here. And, and so she basically did what you would expect a politician, an actual elected official to do, and that is to, um, to be honest. And it's a, uh, and that doesn't mean that Tulsi Gabbard is uh, a phenomenal candidate. It doesn't mean anything, anything but the simple fact that it is not an anomaly for people, for for people in elected office to make a decision based upon um, a different, a set of criteria that doesn't necessarily reflect going along with the crowd. 7.50, it's 10 before 8 on Lacrosse Talk on WIZM. Rick Manning is our guest. Let's let's look at the China. Phase one of the uh, China agreement signed this week. The president, of course, touting it as the biggest and the best agreement that uh, Americans have ever had ever in the history of ever with China. So that pretty much covers his assessment. I, I hear a lot of good things from lots of other people as well, from uh, Iowa, who is going to sell a lot more pork, uh, from Wisconsin, that's going to sell a lot more soybeans and dairy products. So phase one is a pretty good deal for American uh, agriculture. It is a great deal for agriculture, that's for sure. Um, the and so you know if you if you look at it as an agricultural sales deal, it is a it is a great deal. And I will tell you, I'm a little less enthusiastic than most people on this. And the simple reason why is a couple of the items in the deal are really really good, but there's no way that China will follow them, uh-huh. and because it cuts the very DNA of a communist society. So you have a, for instance, protection of intellectual property. We know on one hand, a month ago they were they were putting new demands on other on companies from other countries to uh, to turn over intellectual property and outright just steal it if they didn't turn it over. And so now they're doing a deal with us saying, oh, they're going to suddenly recognize and protect intellectual property. I don't believe them. 
Secondly, they're said they're not going to engage in currency manipulation for uh, for uh, economic purposes, for gain, for economic gain, for trade gain, um, devaluing their currency to make them have cheaper products in other countries and the like. So that's a they say they won't do that and open more transparency. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. It's one of their major trade weapons around the world. And without it, they don't they don't have the massive advantage that they currently enjoy. Well, and can so, they can China would China even consider having an advantage, but not a massive advantage, as you pointed out? They want to be a leader in business, uh, but so far they've been doing it primarily by cheating. And uh, the United States, among other countries, is uh, has had enough of that cheating. At some point, it's going to blow back, won't it? Or do they just not well, care? Well, here's what will happen, and, and this is just, we're in election year. They will can, they will sell the agriculture products. They will cheat on the intellectual property. They'll cheat on the currency. And the president will have a choice to make. Does he end up, does he call them on it during an election year and have them cut off the sales and cut off contracts that they've already made um, with U.S. farmers in key states and uh, and risk that blowback? political blowback, or does he let them get away with cheating for a year? China will do everything they can to try to make certain that President Trump is not president in 2021, because they want to get rid of the tariffs with no cost. And so that's the game that's going to be played over the next year. I'm not a big fan of the deal, but I will tell you, if China actually does conform to the deal, then we have, we've made a transformative shift in a country that is currently beating up and killing the people who want, who simply want freedom in Hong Kong. And so I just don't see what they're doing internally in their own country as meshing really well with any, with a, a group of people who suddenly want to reform and become real honest players in the world stage. Do you have some indication that if President Trump were to lose the White House, that uh, that uh, whichever Democrat wins the White House would end the tariffs and go back to China running its own program and stealing everything from everybody? No tariffs? Well, Biden said that. Warren said that. So Did I they? Okay. Them. I, I guess I hadn't heard that. So, uh, so it's important. And as, uh, I would guess you're correct that the president will let this slide for a little while. And uh, phase two uh, also seems to be big. I, you know, it's uh, it makes headlines. But you're right. If they don't follow it, then then it's uh, then it's just paper. Exactly right. So that you know, so the proof's in the pudding. There is a. I have to tell you that I never thought they'd actually get China to the table to sign the agreement. Um, and just the signing of the agreement is an incredible accomplishment because they're now in writing on paper, so essentially supporting capitalism, supporting free enterprise, because intellectual property, property rights are, are capitalist. They are not communist. The Chinese own, you know, we talk about all these companies in China, they're all owned by the Chinese. Okay, so they're they're Chinese companies. It's a they've been able to play a game where they own the companies. They don't have markets, but they're able to to benefit off of people who do have markets. Mostly, mostly us, um, because of the uh, willingness of our of our employers, of our manufacturers, and the like to move their jobs overseas for cheap slave labor. So now they're facing an actual pushback in terms of trying to open markets and the like. And we'll see if they do it. It's a if they do it great. If they don't do it, at least we've pushed them to the point 
where they've had to agree on paper that intellectual property matters, and we'll have to continue to fight that fight over a long time. This is the be- this is the beginning of the trade fight with China. It's not the end. All right, and, and this, of course, uh, means that uh, the United States and countries around the planet will be even more vigilant in uh, identifying and stopping any kind of uh, Chinese incursion to try and steal intellectual property and otherwise. As long as the right people are in power, you know, other people will say, I don't care. And that's what we saw for 30 years. So I don't know why I'd assume the new group of politicians wouldn't say anything different. Well, the tariffs that Trump is unique. Understand, President Trump is unique. And he, he if we can change the DNA in China or we can change our political DNA here, we then have then we have a fighting chance. But if we go back to business as, as usual in 2021, or 2025, for that matter, um, we, you know, at that point, China will wait us out, and uh, they will just go back to business as usual after that. And we'll have delayed their plan for winning for five to ten years. Right. All right. Well, we'll uh, certainly have plenty of opportunity to talk about it in the uh, months ahead, the years ahead, we in the, hope. In the, in the decades ahead, yeah. In the decades okay. ahead. <laughs> All right. So the uh, impeachment uh, the scammers, I don't know, the, the managers, Schiff and Nadler appointed by uh, Pelosi, who said, no, no, this is not uh, this. This is not a circus. This is American. Yikes. Really? Well, it- just remember, Nancy Pelosi chose the date when she was going to march the impeachment over there. And she chose the date when the Chinese were sitting in the White House signing a document on the China trade deal. OK. That tells you everything you need to know about this about this impeachment. It is nothing more than a political maneuver to try to to try to destroy Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a major win. They have to they have to do impeachment on top of it because they can't allow that to lead the news. So this is it just it's everything about this impeachment wrapped up in that little clown parade going across about 700 feet across the Capitol. Um, and um, because the timing, she chose the timing, the timing she chose was right on top of the China trade deal. I don't think that can be lost as being symbolic of exactly what she's trying to do and politically in terms of attempting to dismantle this president's capacity to do business around the world. The trial starts next week, Tuesday. Is that the latest you heard? Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I, I oh, actually sure. got it right. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, uh, it's Tuesday. Um, the indications are that it's going to go like this. The House will be given a couple a couple of days to make their case. The President will be given a couple of days to make his case. The Senate will then, there will be questions from the Senate, which will all be written. Um, and when those questions are up, uh, then they will go and they will determine whether or not the, they want to hear witnesses. Um, if they choose to hear witnesses, the House managers get to go first as the prosecutors. They will call witnesses who are that the president will claim executive privilege, and they will attempt to break executive privilege. It gets complicated here, but effectively the Democrats have the lower court stacked against the president. Obama did that in 2012. So those courts are stacked. So it's going to go to the Supreme Court. The entire question will come down to whether Justice Roberts, who's the head of the impeachment, who's running the impeachment, will be eligible to vote in the Supreme Court. We'll if see. If he's not eligible to vote in the Supreme Court, you get a four to four split, and the Democrats win, and John Bolton and uh, Mick Mulvaney have to testify. We'll see how that all goes. Maybe, uh, oh, I'll be in touch. We can talk next week about how it's going to look and, uh, and then reflect on how it's actually working.